folks. You know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune because it means it's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluff Serini in the home game and Rec Poker Jim on uh, Twitter. And I'm joined by John Somsky, the one and only. And we're also joined by Rob Rabman Washam. But uh, before he gets in here, I got to thank our amazing sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino and Mark Prashan over at Website Amp. Because if you don't know what Rec Poker is all about, um, we're a largely volunteer, mostly free poker learning community. We get together. We love talking about poker, learning poker together, uh, beating our friends at this game that we love. And we do it all uh, here at Rec Poker. Um, so without further ado, uh, John Somsky, why don't you tell folks where they can reach you and then Rob can pipe in and give a little of the same. I am Poker Geek MN and I am Poker or I'm John Somsky and I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabmad50, just about everywhere. Just about everywhere. Nice. Well, it's great to have you guys here, just like every week. Um, we don't have a guest this week because it's the July 4th weekend for you uh, Americans, for us Canadians. It's the Canada Day weekend. We got the Friday off. You got the Monday off. Finally, something we can all agree on. This is a good long weekend to celebrate, spend some time with the family. So we thought this would be a good chance for us to kind of get together and catch up a little bit. Um, it's, it, we relaunched the website in July. We've, uh, launched the premium membership in July, a few years ago, this sort of early July time kind of feels like a natural time to get together and, uh, talk about what's been going on and what's coming up. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I guess I'll, and of course, if you're here watching on YouTube, I encourage all our folks to, uh, watch live on YouTube. You can enter the chat in real time. We're going to have a little contest at the end of the show as people can get in there and check that out. Um, but yeah, so it is on the recording of this. It's July 4th. It's the Monday holiday itself. Last weekend was Rec Poker Weekend, uh, which had a big two day event in Minnesota at the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. And then we had a little get together down in Las Vegas for some of our Rec Poker folks that were already down there. Um, if I'm smart and thinking about it ahead, I'll upload some of the photos from those events and put them in the show notes. <laughs> so no promises, but it's very possible that you'll see some photos from those events in the show notes. If not, um, go to rec.poker slash road trips, and uh, you should be able to see some posts that website Mark will put together outlining how everything went there. Um, John, I got to meet you in the flesh at Running Aces for Rec Poker Weekend. What a treat that was. You're no, you're no stranger to... Um, running aces hotel racetrack and casino but uh, it was kind of a fun little tournament series out there uh, how did you end up doing in that and was it a fun time uh well the answer to the second question is absolutely was fun <laughs> uh as far as how i particularly did uh i'm still shaking some of the rust off when it comes to playing live poker <laughs> so uh not particularly great there yeah, I felt like I was shaking some of the rust off. Uh, the first time Doug Dragbeck took me out of the tournament, and we played a, a three tournament series there. I was playing as a bounty, um, so the winner, whoever took me out, won a free month at Rec Poker. Um, so the Cole, I don't remember Cole's first name, but he was the assassin that slipped in and took me out in the first tournament. And then Doug Dragbeck took me out of both the other tournaments. So the guy is a monster. Um, yeah, we told you the whole time coming, get some easy, easy money coming on these bounties. Come on by and check it out. But that was phenomenal. 
And uh, John Barrows, who's the uh, tournament manager down there, just did a great job setting everything up. We got some extra prizes to put in. Um, I got to meet all sorts of awesome rec poker people. I know you guys did as well. Uh, some folks even made the drive in from out of town, um, which was really cool. Some people put some real some real kilometers on their on their autos getting in there for that trip. Uh, so it was really it was really cool to see folks uh, coming together. I got to deal with a couple flight delays and cancellations, which is always exciting. It adds that kind of spice to life. You know, life would be too boring if it went too smoothly. Um, and Rob, you were hoping to get together with us in the uh, Rec Poker Meetup down in Las Vegas, but you also had some some spicy uh, elements in your life, some some uh, trip changes, and you weren't able to make it down there. But how's everything going in uh, Bullhead City? Well, it's going good. Actually, I was in Vegas. Um, I did play Saturday night and an orleans tournament and then i started coming down with something uh -oh. on sunday uh oh and i felt that i wasn't i probably shouldn't expose myself to too many people after that so we just headed home yep and i spent most of the week in bed i was uh i was a little sick so oh no I don't, oh man i did i tested negative for covid but you know that's a at-home test so i just i just took it easy stayed home and um I didn't risk wanting to expose anybody to whatever i felt i was coming down with so i got the heck out of there sounds like the <laughs> smart play smart play well you were missed rob i know that at the uh, at the get together there um, yeah, I, so. I really wanted to be there I, I like i say i was planning on being there we left on sunday um so i could have easily been there had i felt better well, it sounds like you made the right choice. Uh, I hope a lot of other people down at uh, the WSOP are also making the right choice this uh, this summer at summer camp. Um, I know COVID is very prevalent down there, but there's always just the Rio flu or whatever they call it now. What would that Bally's flu this year, I guess? Um, there's always something going around there that people are picking up on. So uh, I don't know. Uh, the fact that you're testing negative, that's good news anyway. I'm glad you say you sound better. So I'm I'm. Sounds like you must be on the other side of it by now. Yeah, I'm pretty much recovered now. Nice. Well, now it's just a question of uh, looking forward a little bit. I got the, as folks might know, I got a chance to uh, win a satellite tournament entry into the main series, uh, the main event this week. So I'm actually just about to jump on a plane and head on down and uh, dip my toe into day 1D. That's the plan anyway, although I hear that uh, day 1D is growing exponentially and fright, uh, to frightening proportions. I'm seeing reports <laughs> on Twitter that people should really maybe register early for that one or expect some 10 handed play, uh, long alternate waiting lines, that kind of thing. So it might, I don't know if I, if I, if this plane, if this plane flight gets delayed or canceled and I get down there a little late, I might end up having to take Kim pet vet Kilroy's advice and register on day two after all, even though I'd be robbing myself of that experience i know rob it pains you even to think about it so talk talk to me about that day one and sort of what that experience is like and what i'd be giving up if i did well i i found that i only played it once i played day one i did make day two um i found that day one was a really enjoyable experience you know you start with a huge ton of chips you have two hour blind levels so there's no pressure to to make something happen, you know, you can really just sit back and and play premium holdings and and get to know your table mates. And I just had a wonderful day, day one. Day two, I came back to about 60 big blinds or whatever I had. And they were the tables I was at, and they 
again on day two, they seem to be um, um, combining tables a lot more, mm-hmm. a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So I ended up being on three different tables on day two, where I was only on one table on day one. And day two was like everybody was headphones, sunglasses, nobody was talking. It was just a really um, hardcore environment day two. So I like day one just because I had so much fun on day one. <laughs> I had a great day. I had a great table. Everybody was having fun. Everybody was talking. It was so it makes a big difference, I think. So I think I think the experience, especially if you've never played it before, you want to play both days, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm definitely uh looking forward to that. Uh, but we'll just see. We'll just see what the powers that be have in store. Um what do you guys think if they do end up having to play 10 handed and no one said that that actually will happen or not, but there was a WSOP, an official tweet from the WSOP account saying that they were considering uh 10 handed and long lines of alternates. Is that, does that kind of change the competitive balance of one of the days is played 10 handed? One of the day ones is 10 handed and the other days are nine handed like usual. I'm trying to decide if that would even be a, an advantage or a disadvantage for certain kinds of players i i'm just finding out today so i haven't really put any thought into it but it seems like it's i think it's detail. definitely a difference mm-hmm. um and depending upon your play style i mean the more players you get in there the tighter you have to play in order to or the balance should be towards playing tighter so if you're not a very tight player then you might have more issues with that mm-hmm. um but I know that they don't like to turn people away from <laughs> registering. So they will pretty much, they tend to do anything they can to uh, find rooms, find places to play and get everyone in who wants to go. And the last day is always the biggest day. Yeah, I've heard that too. And that does seem to be the case no matter what. Um, I did see Kevin Mathers, a longtime friend of the show and Wrecking Crew member, Kev Math, uh, talking about how if you register on Tuesday, which is day 1C, if you physically register for Thursday, the day before, or for Wednesday, the day before, then you should be able to count as one of the original registrants. You won't have to worry about an alternates line, something like that. But that isn't to say that they won't end up just adding that extra seat to the tables to uh, to make it to just get as many people in there as possible. Um, so, I remember back in the, back in the day in Minnesota, that if you played a tournament at running aces, you were playing 10 handed all the time. Mm-hmm. The only time they went to nine handed was in cash. So if oh. you're playing cash, you're going to play nine handed, but in most of their tournaments, they were 10 handed all the time. They just wanted to pack as many people <laughs> onto a table as they could. I wonder if, Getting very personal here. I wonder if 10-handed might actually be a benefit to me in the main event specifically because it will actually really help serve to remind me to throttle down. Like it, it might actually encourage me to play tighter because I'm like, well, no, I really, it not only is it the main event, but it's 10-handed. I'm just going to pass. I'm just going to pass on this little spot and uh, and pick a better spot because that passing on spots is kind of my problem. Um, so I just need well, more... Yeah, John. One thing to remember for the main event in particular is you're going to be very deep stacked for a very long time. Mm. So even if you're if you come in on day two, I believe you still start with something like 30 bigs. Um, 
or 40 maybe. Oh, no, I think even more. Uh, if, you, if you register for day two, I'd read somewhere between 60 and 75. Um, so you okay. can buy, yeah, buy in on 60 day 60 to 75, for, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is crazy. So even, even better. I mean, 60 to 75 is plenty of big blinds to play poker. Sure. And if you're starting out on day one, um, you know, it's going to be your 100 big blinds and blinds only go up every two hours. So you have plenty of time to just take your time. And there's no, when you have such a large stack, there is no pressure to do anything marginal. Mm -hmm. So unless you think you have a great exploitive move, um, you know, you can just take your time, get a feel. I mean, if you don't play a hand for the first hour, it's not going to hurt you at all. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a great point, John, that it's not going to hurt you. Uh, because like so many of these multi-day tournaments, you actually cannot, uh, you simply cannot win the tournament on day one. You can increase your odds, you can get more chips, uh, you can give yourself a little buffer. But if you're going to make one drastic change in your status on day one, it's going to be by losing. <laughs> That's the only thing yep. you can really do on day one. And uh, there, is a, there is a stat also that the day one chip leader has never won the tournament. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, typically the day one chip leaders don't do very well. Because in order to be a day one chip leader, you have to be taking, generally speaking, lots of unwarranted risks. And over the, this is such a long tournament that that will catch up with you. You yeah. have to have patience. I think that's, that would be my biggest issue with playing it. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. have not, for the record, ever played the main event. I think that's a good point. We're getting some great comments here in the chat. So Jack LaRue, first of all, welcome Jack. Nice to see your uh, your name in there. And Evil Roy Slade. Um, so Slade is saying they changed day two. Uh, they changed day two day for one C players. So now what there was going to be on Thursday was going to be day two for flights A and B. And day two for flight C and D was going to be on Friday. And it sounds like uh, Dave is saying here that they're combining C with A and B. So that's going to screw up some people's plans who intentionally played day one C so that they'd get a break between day two and day three. Now, oh no, they still will. It's for, so I guess I guess he's just saying that the, the day two D on Friday is just going to be day one entrance. Um, that's so interesting. They were planning on doing C and D together, but now they're doing A, B, C together. Yeah. And then D on its own. Yeah. So they really are expecting that to be quite a big day then because that's yep. that's a big that's a big difference that's a big difference huh i wonder what else yeah yeah dave says so d is alone now so i wonder what else that has to do with um i mean it won't you're still only playing the nine people at your table or ten <laughs> uh, so there's only so much that you can kind of get lost in what's happening outside the realm of your control but it, i'm always kind of curious to see how that kind of stuff influences uh things like the average chip stack or you know um my gut says it's pretty marginal, pretty marginal difference here in this case, which, which day, the ones they combine with the others. Well, I'm just going to channel my, uh, I'm going to do my best Rick, uh, rock Omen impression, because apparently if you want to win poker tournaments, that's, that's who has to be my spirit animal. Um, so Rick 
continue to dominate at uh, running aces and our running aces uh, rec poker weekend. Rick, I think won two out of the three tournaments. Uh, Mark Prashine also showed up and performed really well. I think he took second in one. And did he win the other one? I, a, a more together podcast host who was not flying to and from from Las Vegas hither and thither would have some of this information available. But uh, Mia Culpa team, uh, we'll have that up on the road trips post. Um, but that was super fun. And those guys knew what they were doing. So, Rick, if you have any tips on how to go deep in uh, in these tournaments, let me know. Rec Poker Gym on Twitter, because I want to know, man. Um, but it was super fun. Just I got to see my buddy Phil from Twitter. Drove on up uh, down there and running aces. I got a bunch of folks that I wasn't expecting to see. Jim Gibson made a surprise visit, which was awesome. I got to spend some time with uh, Captain Walleye, Rob Adson. Um, in fact, because one of my flights was messed up, Rob even, uh, helped, <laughs> helped me get to the airport. I spent the night at his place, got to meet some of his family and, uh, had dinner, um, with he and his wife, which was a, a real pleasure. So Rob, if you're listening, thank you for that wonderful time. Uh, well, and speaking of Rob, he, uh, is to date the only person who has taken you up on your challenge and oh. bought me a beer. Yeah, you're right. And we have photographic evidence of that. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I'm not even sure he was able to, I'm not sure he claimed his free reward beer in Las Vegas. Can you imagine? Um, but yeah, good point, John. And uh, other listeners, so just so you know, great opportunity to get a free beer from me. You just have to buy John one and take a photo of it so that we know it's happening. Because this kind of event... Hey. And evidently remind you of it when you see them the next time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And actually, and uh, Kim Kilroy also got a free beer uh, this World Series because she was using Kev Mass, the phrase that pays. And I guess we can say it out now here. Um, so earlier in, in the summer, Kev, Kevin uh, Mathers introduced the phrase that pays, the rec poker phrase that pays. And if you're listening to this, uh, now you've probably still got time to catch up to Kevin. So if you see Kevin in Las Vegas, tell him that you come from rec poker and you're here to say, I don't bet half pot. And if Kevin hears you say, I don't bet half pot, he's going to buy you a beer. Uh, cause he's just that good a guy. God bless that Kevin Matthews. It's not just when it comes to WSOP tweets, the guy does it all. Um, so that's another pet vet theme that we're apparently bringing into the podcast tonight. I know uh, Kim is down in Vegas right now with Elizabeth Bennett Martin and a few other super rec poker peeps. Um, I know Elizabeth did pretty well in the seniors event. And I think in the ladies event as well. Oh, it was the super seniors? Yeah. Um, so that yeah. was exciting. Yeah. She came in 33rd. Nice. There you go. Oh, yeah. I remember. I saw that. I saw that tweet coming out. Way to go, Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth's also playing in the main event. I know because uh, she's doing it as part of a home league, similar to the one that I won my ticket uh, to. So even though it wasn't in the same league, um, we're going to be kind of uh, friendly, friendly fire when uh, Elizabeth and I end up at the final table together. It's going to be really awkward having those two rec poker patches up there duking it out for the powers of good. Um, but what can you do about that? Uh, so that, that was super cool. I, I wasn't able to make it out to the uh, WSOP this year. But they're at a new venue. They're at, uh, well, what used to be Bally's and now is going to be branded the Horseshoe and Paris. Mm -hmm. So what 
What was that like there? How did that differ from the Rio? Well, I'll tell you, it was super convenient to get around. It was just so comfortable being able to just like walk around. You're already on the strip. There's lots of places you can get food. Um, there's, you know, I was, I stayed at the Flamingo, which I recommend to anybody. So if you're, if you're looking at uh, staying on the strip, you're not made of money. Uh, Flamingo's got uh, great rooms at decent prices and they are literally across the street uh, from the Bally's Casino. You can walk across a little boardwalk. You don't have to go up to one of those crazy escalators and then take the bridge to nowhere across and then back down. No, it's very, just like a normal city. You can just cross the street and get right up into Bally's. So I loved that. Um, that made a big difference for me. There's a CVS right there so I can get my peanut butter and jam uh, sandwich fixings. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was, from a convenience point of view, that was certainly hard to top. Um, and I thought the the facilities were great. I didn't, I mean, everyone always complains there's not enough dealers. You know, some of the dealers aren't trained enough. Uh, you know, I don't see that being a venue issue so much as a, an organizational logistical hurdle. But um, I didn't notice anything, anything off. I thought it was, it was smooth. I liked, uh, liked the cash table setup. They need more cash tables. That'd be one note, but cranky old guy Jim's always going to complain about there not so being enough cash tables. How did they split it between? Bally's in Paris. Uh, the way they mostly did it was almost all the day ones were starting in Bally's. And then some of the other events they were doing in Paris for, for very few of them were you sort of in both of them. Um, I played in the tag team event. Uh, we'll get into that a bit with uh, Grandpa George Sanford. That was super fun. Uh, what a great event. What a great day um, that was. Uh, I played in the deep stack which was at Bally's as well. And I played in the Super Turbo Bounty, which we'll be doing a quick uh, forums edition of the podcast after this, just going over one of the hands from that. And those were all at Bally's. So the only the only uh, playing at Paris that I did was on the cash tables, uh, which was uh, as fun as ever. God bless this game that we all love so much. Um, and yeah, it was it was really smooth. They, they had like all the rooms set up. This is the first year I'd gotten a safety deposit box just to kind of make things a little easier, getting things going. Um, that all went smooth. Working with all the staff was really convenient and easy. They've got a food court in the basement. So if you're a bit of a life knit like me, you don't want to pay $16 for a hot dog. You can go pay eight for a submarine sandwich instead. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was smooth and easy and convenient. I think if you're not staying on the strip, maybe it's more complicated because I, I didn't, uh, you know, Rob, did you, what, what did you notice about the parking? People have been complaining and, and like, you know, thrashing their beards about parking for uh, months. And what, what well, was your take on that? I've, I've spent much, a lot of time on the, uh, on the strip and, in, and particularly in the valleys and the Paris parking ramp. And I never had a problem whatsoever. Hmm. Just, I went right in. We stayed at valleys when we were there. Um, so, and I got to walk around, you know, I walked through Bally's and I walked through, uh, Paris and when they did the Colossus, I was there on Saturday when they did the Colossus and I'm walking around and they were actually in both rooms. They're in Bally's and Paris for the Colossus. Cause there were so many people. Um, and I don't know, I thought the parking was fine. I, I, I never had an issue with parking at Bally's. So, um, I guess if you, yeah, if you're not on the strip itself, you still have to come in and, and park. But a lot of people, if you're coming in and flying into Vegas, 
and you get a you know get a limo or whatever or ever over to the strip you don't really have to park right you've got right. everything is right there on the strip between Bally's and Paris all the WSOP events are going on the only issue is if you want to go and play one of the tournaments like at Golden Nugget or at Orleans you're going to have to get on a you know you're going to have to somehow get yourself over there um so i i guess for people just flying in and not driving into Vegas. Um, I think the, there's no issue at all. It's actually probably better. It's probably easier to get around because you don't need to take a Uber to get, you know, to any place. Cause you're right there in the middle of heart of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my sense too. Uh, definitely. I it was just convenient and easy. And I didn't see what all the fuss was about with the parking. Maybe it was just fears getting out of control before. Um, which I'm happy to see, you know. Uh, and yeah, I think for some of the bigger field events, they did just split the entrance between two. I know for the Super Turbo Bounty event, they were planning on having us play in two rooms and they ended up just consolidating us all into Bally's. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really fun. So the tag team event was just such a hit. So if you're a listener, you might have heard of George Sanford or Grandpa George um he's he's famous in these parts when it comes to rec poker nation uh mostly what he's famous for is not enjoying uh the hand called ace king he's not a big fan of ace king if you know george you know that um we were not faced with many hands in our tag team event containing cards like aces or kings we started with about twenty thousand chips and george and i did a really good job of uh, just really hovering at that 20,000 chip level for hours and hours. I don't think we won or lost a pot uh, for more than 5,000 chips the entire time we were there. Sometimes he'd get us up to 25 or 28 or 29. I'd, I'd bring us back down to 18, 19, 20. He'd come back in. We'd, we had a lot of fun uh, trading it up. We had some really fun people at the table. Apparently, June Jenkins was at our table, and we missed each other somehow, which drives me crazy. Um, the real Sammy G, uh, was at our table there as well. Um, we had some other fun folks there. I made a bunch of friends, but it really was like summer camp. You know, when you've been, um, I've got this luckiest job in the world. So I get to interview poker folks on the podcast all the time. And it was so cool just seeing all these amazing friends of the show come by and give me a little fist bump at the table. And it just reminded me just how small and kind and wonderful the poker world is, uh, and how much room there is in it. Uh, for recreational players like us that like to have fun. I even saw, so, yeah. How, how did you decide when to uh, switch out? Um, just sort of according to our natural rhythm and, you know, uh, I'd want to go to the bathroom and refill my water bottle or, you know, George would uh, want to go check in on some friends of his that were playing in another uh, a sit- table or another session or something like that. So it was very kind of in the flow of the game. If, you know, he'd tell me, oh, if you're on a, if you're like feeling like you're on a hot streak, just keep sitting there and playing. And it was great. I mean, we really, George and I talked about it beforehand. We really explicitly talked about how okay it was to bust and that we really wanted to just take the spots that were there and that, you know, whoever busted was going to feel stupid, but it was fine. And we should just like do it anyway. I, it was me that busted just for the record with a little bit fewer, a little fewer than 20 big blinds left. Um, but it's so funny. <laughs> we had been, um, we've been kind of like treading water. Like I say it around that 20 K 
the blinds were up to 612, I think, or just about to be 612. And I text George, who I can see him over there. They were really strict about not having people in the same playing area together, which I totally understand why. Um, but that it could have been even more fun if you'd had a bit of people around it. But I understand, you know, for the game security, there's no reason, there's no way to do that effectively. Um, so I text George, I'm like, okay, we're under 20 big blinds now. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be time to look for that spot soon. And he was like, do it, man. Like when the time is right, don't, don't turn your, don't turn your back on it. And then something like three minutes later, I'm strolling over to him. <laughs> he regretted saying that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was just one of those, uh, it was one of those tournaments. Um, we did get a couple, uh, we did get a couple good hands, but no one else really had, had one to go along. We got a couple decent little bluffs through, but it was mostly just a day of uh, small pots and uh, losing more than winning them, unfortunately. So it didn't go our way in that one. But it was so great getting to know George. I understand why y'all like him so much. Uh, he's got such a, uh, a fun character. He's got an interesting past. He knows poker. He's got a kind heart. Um, so it was great to get to know him. And uh, I hope that isn't the last chance I get to play poker with George Sanford. We're going to have to get back to another rec poker weekend at Running Aces sometime later this year because that was a blast uh that was head, heading down to rec poker mecca was uh was was a special a special little thing there too um and then yeah i thought the deep stack event was interesting it wasn't that deep stacked um rob you played the colossus right is that what you were saying yeah i played the colossus uh back in 2014 so that mm. was eight years ago it was the first year they had it and I think we started really shallow. I mean, we started with like 10,000 chips or something like that. Right. I don't remember which one it was. In this one, they started us with uh, 30,000 and 40-minute uh, levels, which was very comfortable. Um, but it did start to feel uh, pretty shallow a little later on. Um, and one of the other tournaments happening at the same time, I think, started with 50,000 with the same levels. That felt like more of a deep stack structure. So I jumped into that one to uh, try and get a little more, knock a little more main event rust off, try a slower structure and see if I could uh, practice folding a little bit um, with mixed results. <laughs> but I'm glad I got to get my errant non-folds out of the way in a $600 deep stack tournament. Um, and then I entered the, uh, what was I saying? The uh, Super Turbo Bounty. This was an exciting one. This is a $1,500 one-day bracelet event with a $500 bounty associated with it. And I was staying with uh, Taylor Moss. So Taylor and I were staying at the Flamingo together. Uh, had a great time. He's an excellent roommate. And uh, we mostly would just, we would get there at different times at the end of the night because we'd bust uh, or bag at different times. I was doing most of the busting. He was doing a lot of bagging. And... Um, you know what it's like for these Vegas trips. The only time you really have together is in the morning um, when you're getting breakfast together, getting ready to go bag or bust another tournament that day. It's hard to coordinate stuff at the end of the day, but it was great um, hanging out with Taylor. And we'd gone into, we were both playing this uh, super turbo bounty. So was Rob Adsum and a couple other players as well. And we'd gone into it just knowing that it was going to be a super turbo. Those blinds go up really fast. And the action was so slow at the tables that it got to the point where I remember I came back from break and the levels, they were just starting 400, 800. 
and it's 20 minute levels. So finally I go down and look at, I finally get to the big blind and we're halfway through the 500, 1000 level. I didn't even play a blind. I didn't even put a blind in play at the 400, 800 level. Halfway through the 500, 1000 levels, the next chance I get to put uh, money in. So I would, it was, it was going fast. Um, so we're going to get into a spot uh, on the forums edition after this that I don't know if I missed a spot or maybe just made a good disciplined fold. I still don't know. I even asked Barry Carter and Darrow Carney. I still don't know. Uh, but we'll get into that a little later on. But you know me, I'm always kind of regretting those spots. I didn't get it in. But I got to break out of that mindset for the main event, right, guys? Um, probably shouldn't even have played that event, <laughs> given that it's really kind of training me into making the wrong kind of decisions when it comes to it. But hopefully we'll just use uh, some compartmentalization and and get the most out of that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you might want to even... Uh given that when you play online, you always have the number of big blinds you're sitting there, maybe right on back of a business card, 100 big blinds or 200, yeah. whatever it is. So that yeah. you see it, that's an obscene amount. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm because I play online so much. I do at all times down on my chip stack. I have one stack of chips that is, I mean, I've got the normal stack according to, to the value of the chips. But then I have one other stack that is just whatever 10 big blinds is at this blind level. And every tournament I play in, I've always, and every blind level that increases, I change the amount of chips in that stack. And I always know what 10 big blinds are. And that kind of helps me. And, you know, if we're really deep, then I'll change it to 20 or something like that. Um, or not even worry about it if we're that deep. But it's, you're, you're not, you're, you think you're joking, John, but that is exactly <laughs> the kind of uh, reminder that I need because otherwise, um, I'm going to have to use that part of my brain to count up the pot uh, every time and think about what the blinds are and how deep the effective stacks are. And this way, it's just one less thing for my brain to have to uh, work on because thinking's hard. Thinking is not easy. Uh, I know well, some of you people find it's easy. And I think the most important piece of advice I could give you is just enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a bucket list item for lots of people. So, you know, enjoy it. I don't think that'll be a problem um, for this guy. Anyway, <laughs> tend to have a pretty good time in these kind of affairs. Um, so much so that I actually, uh, I was one of Norman Chad's sleeper picks to win the main event this year. I got a very, that. I got a very happy making surprising uh, tweet the other day from Norman freaking Chad. Uh, saying that I was one of the dirty dozen. He's got 12 sleeper picks to win the WSOP this year. And uh, your boy is one of them. So that was pretty cool and exciting. Uh, so now I got to win it for Norman, right? I mean, come on. He puts himself out there like that. Uh, putting his reputation on the line. You know, you know they're going to give him hell when, uh, when someone that's not on that list comes through and, and rips it up. So for Norman Chad, I think we're going we're gonna to do our best. For Norman Chad and Rec Booker. Um, I'm just going to go there and just slaughter that field, slaughter them. Um, so we'll see. We'll just see if it's on 10 handed one D or two uh, D or we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be here before we know it though. Uh, yee. Uh, well, what other, uh, <coughs> excuse me guys. Uh, what other last minute tips do you have for me, Rob? I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to show up early and be comfortable. 
what else you got for me, old savvy veteran? Peace. Position. Mm. Patience. Ah, yep. The blinds are, you know, two-hour blinds. You, you don't have to get involved with marginal hands. Yep. And yep. don't get involved out of position. I mean, that's like yep. Tommy Angelo would tell you, right? He would tell you, don't don't play out of position. There's no reason to. And there's no reason to get involved with marginal holdings. You know, you can wait, make sure you have a good a good position and a good premium holding. So, yeah, premium, patience, position. Nice. Here, three the three, three P's. P's. We found another P. I love it. Yeah. In fact, um, and I think I've decided that I'm just going to let better players exploit me. I'm just going to let, I'm going to get bluffed. I'm going to get bluffed sometimes. And I'm going to resist the urge to hero call um, because they, you know, oh, they're, they're probably, they're probably bluffing, you know, because um, you, a lot of us recreational players, we have this tendency to kind of project some cleverness onto our opponents or maybe even getting out of line. And uh, we like to close the loop. Eric Jin, Tom Binkley, is always talking about how uh, players like to, we don't like having open loops in our minds. We want to like know what he had. We want to know that we were right or that we were wrong. And sometimes, even though we're pretty sure we're wrong, we'll pay just to be able to close that loop. And uh, that's something I'm going to try and do less. I'm just not going to worry about being exploited. I'm just going to probably be exploited a little bit. And that'll be better than making big, terrible decisions. So that's fingers crossed. (laughs) Well, that's about it for me. Um, We've got some uh, benchmarks that we can talk about a little bit with uh, the website and the community and things like that. I know the uh, home game player list is growing every month. We are uh, three members away from having our 900th community member. I just looked it up. We were at uh, 897, which is extremely exciting. We just crossed over 500 uh, YouTube subscribers, which is amazing. So you can tell that uh, uh, Rec Poker Nation is growing, that we're moving in the right direction. We get more and more people coming in and uh, enjoying what we're doing here, which is great. I got some really nice emails and tweets this week from people saying that they were appreciative of stuff on the podcast or that, um, you know, they'd come across rec poker in some way and that it had uh, brightened their day. And that always warms my heart. So you can always, please don't be shy. Email me at jim at rec.poker and let me know what's working and, and not, not working. And same for Rob at rec.poker and John at rec.poker. Um, they, these guys love to hear from you. And it puts a smile on our face when we get some wonderful positive stuff like that. Um, so we got some more comments in the chat here for Norm. Yes, exactly, Dave. We're going to do it for Norm. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. And Ben says, yeah, when you're calling down like that, it feels so nice when you're right, but it feels twice as worse when you're wrong. Yeah, you said it, man. Um, exactly. And this isn't the kind of tournament where you want to, uh, where you want to be wrong about that kind of thing. So we shall see. I just don't want to make any big stupid mistakes. I don't care if I get it in good and get uh, get unlucky. That's the best way to lose a tournament. I just don't want to make any flat out stupid mistakes. So fingers crossed. <laughs> well, Josh, should we talk about uh, what's going on in home game land? I know it's been a couple of weeks since we did one of these live. We had uh, Kara Scott and the two poker guys. We did a double recording on June 20th. And I don't know if we had all our stats up to date at that point oh and we got a great note um yeah so dave is saying in the chat that ontario seems to be working for home games 
mostly, which is excellent because I got the email from PokerStars while I was away saying I had to migrate my account over. And I was kind of nervous that that was going to be an issue, but um, that's encouraging from Dave. Uh, John, have you heard anything about that? Yeah. yeah so what what I found out from Dave is I believe when he tra- when the account transitioned, and I don't know whether it was when he transitioned it or when PokerStars flipped the switch. The uh, any tournaments that already had been scheduled at that point in time, he was unable to see. Mm. But anything new that gets scheduled, he was able to see and join up. So as new tournaments got scheduled. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see once you convert your um, your account over if you ha- lose them or if that was all of the date that PokerStars flipped the switch. Because I think right, they right, pretty right. much converted his account right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Yes, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll go perfectly smoothly, John, and there won't be any hangups at all. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, this is one of the things where I don't know the answers. To, right, uh, right. Because I don't have the ability to play from Toronto or all of these other places. So uh, we're pretty much at PokerStars' whim on whatever happens there. Uh, <laughs> likewise, we uh, had some good news bad news type of thing this this last week we actually hit 500 well 501 people in the home game club Boom. and then i couldn't add a 500 second so poker stars has had a limit for that so i uh removed several players that were suspended from when we started requiring accounts uh and i've got about 100 more that i can remove for that but uh, we're definitely growing, and I'm going to have to contact PokerStars to see if we can get beyond that. So I'm hoping that we will continue to grow to force PokerStars to yes. raise that limit for us. Yes. Well, it gives us a little time to mount our social media campaign, John, uh, because if, they, if they're not going to do it peaceably, we're going to take it to them on the Twitter streets and uh, let them know how many people are counting on these rec poker home games to come bring that joy of recreational poker into their lives. So, well, yeah, I mean, this has <laughs> to be the most important tournament that goes on in poker stars. Forget I think the so. Sunday millions yeah. or, you yeah. know, clearly coop scoop. Who cares about that? It's all they, about the rec poker. I'm sure they've got their minds uh, in the right place when it comes to this kind of stuff. So uh, <laughs> we just got to give them, we just got to give them a good excuse to get in line. Uh, those poker stars gang they they know what they're doing but yeah so start folks uh start thinking about a um a hashtag that we can use to shame slash coax uh poker stars into raising the number of people allowed in our home game club because we've got more than 501 rec poker fans who want to play in our home games so we just got to do something about that. So start thinking about that. Send your hashtags to, uh, oh, I was, oh, well, I was going to say send them to John Somsky at Poker Geek MN, <laughs> but he's been a bad boy over in the Twitter verse. And, uh, yeah, for some reason, my Twitter account has been suspended and I am working <laughs> with them to get that undone. And unless it got hacked in light, if anyone noticed, like, did I send out a bunch of inappropriate things? There was right a bunch of stuff about like furries. There was a bunch of furry related stuff huh. that I thought was uh, uncharacteristic for you, but I'm not one to judge, you know, what someone does in their own free time. But... Yeah. I, I, so anyway, <laughs> I, I don't know why it got 
suspended. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. And uh, Twitter has been extremely slow. And, and it's kind of hard to say. It's hard for me to say, I don't think my account should be suspended. You obviously made a mistake here, but I don't even know what right. the what caused it or I, I, I don't even tweet that often. So it I, I don't know. All right, I'm at well, a loss. Folks, you heard there, there's the call to action this week. Go uh, at Jack, tag Twitter support and tell them that Poker Geek MN uh, needs to be reinstated. He's a valuable resource to the poker uh, ecosystem. God damn it. <laughs> Let's get this guy back Dang, in free seat. the poker geek. Free the poker geek. There we go. I like that. Well, we found our hashtag. That was easy. Nice work. There Rob. you go. Yeah. Free the poker geek. All right, poker geek. Poker. Why don't you lead us through some results then? Absolutely. So we had Banquisto or Banquisto. 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 Yeah. Anyway, he won. <laughs> uh, he or she won his second nightly tournament. Um, Tracus 701. Patrick Mitch Petrakis. Patrickus, I am just having slaughtering these names tonight. I apologize, to everyone. When his Where's first Chris nightly Wheeler? event, yeah, uh, we have Kate KKKK8E. Um, Kate Ibbinson got her first nightly victory. Nice. A really mad guy, mad guy, got his second nightly victory for the year sweet stewie 13 Stuart carriage still on a tear wow and i he think his sixth nightly victory his ninth victory this year overall and i think one of the winners that you just mentioned is his mom so that's a family mm-hmm. i think kkkk88888 yes. to is uh Stuart carriage's mom so yes it is oh how about that so, so a little... poker runs in the family there. yeah apparently Excellent. it's twice in the same week way to go team uh, MN Ted, Philip Fuhrer got his third nightly victory okay. for the year. Aces 5320. Oh, Kathy. 54320. Kathy Chang got her first mixed daily mixed victory for the year. Not her last, I'm sure. Oh, no. Uh, and then Duck and Run 99, Michael Savage got hit an international, his first international victory nice. for the year. And then Aces 54320, Kathy Chang is back what? and got her first international victory. Wow. All right. Pouring so that it on. was the same day, back to back tournaments. <laughs> nice, Kathy. Uh, then we have Magra 44, Doug Drabeck yep. won the LPP oh, God, tournament, no. his first tournament for the year. No, no, no. We first can't let ever. We can't let Doug get another month of Learn Pro Poker training. He's so good already. He took me out of two of the other tournaments. He took me so, out of two of them. He probably doesn't need it, but Doug, if you're listening and you want your free month, just contact Jim at rec.poker and get your free month at Learn Pro Poker. Wow. Yeah, even and, even Doug Drayback might be able to learn something from Learn Pro Poker. I'd do it, Doug. I'd do it. Yeah, I it, it's bad news for us if he gets any better, but I'm sure <laughs> Learn Pro Poker can help him do that. Then we are on to our second week. East Coast Bitter Ben got his second nightly victory. In the now chat then right KB. Now. Nice. Yes. Um, now then KB, Doug Barons got his fifth nightly victory for there the year. Doug. And M. Babker, Michael Babker got nice. his fourth nightly victory for the year. Keck nice. Geek, Mark Kiki, that's Mark Keck Geek Sr., yep. got his fourth night vic- nightly victory for the year. 
John Lancer, John Bensky got his third nightly victory for the year. Evil Roy C.A., David Westerveld got his also, fifth nightly victory for the year. Also in the chat tonight. Right on, guys. Excellent. Then we have a couple of... You know, remember how I said we were at Poker Stars Whims? <laughs> if you don't sign up for the tournament by the time it starts, if we don't have at least two players, uh, then Poker Stars cancels the tournament. So if everyone wants to late reg, the tournament doesn't actually run. Mm -hmm. So our mixed event did not run this last Saturday, nor did the 8 a.m. international event. However, for the 2 p.m. international event, Keck Geek 65, that would be Keck Geek Ooh, Jr., Jacob uh -huh. Geeky, got his first international victory for the year. And then GF Hawk, Eric Romo, Eric. won the Learn Pro Poker event. So he can contact Jim at rec.poker to get his free month to Learn Pro Poker. Let's go. Yeah, congratulations to Eric and to all our other winners. And it's true. I think with a lot of the gang down in Vegas, um, it's a good time to get into some of these games. In fact, uh, <coughs> I think the Tuesday night online play and hang that we're doing every week, we didn't even get a full seat last week uh, because not everyone could do it. So it's a great chance to come in and win, uh, win your way in. John, what's the mixed game coming up? The next mixed game coming up is, should be stud eight or better. And, All right. And what about the one after that? <laughs> the one after, I don't know to tell you the honest truth, but you know where, what, where they are posted, the, everything is posted on the rec poker site. So if you go there and uh, you can see what we're planning for the rest of the year. There you go. Rec.poker slash home games. Sorry. I swallowed a bug. <laughs> oh, this is brutal. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to take this as our time to get out of here, folks. Um, thanks for listening to the Rec Poker Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to Mark Prashan and Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino. <laughs> and you, the listeners. We'll talk again real soon, I hope.